Father, I pray that we would put our hope and trust in you, that you would be our foundation, that our foundation would not be in anything else, would not be in anyone else but you and you alone. And Father, I pray that uh, whenever we fall into putting our hope and trust in other things, that you would quickly speak to us so we can confess that and put our hope and trust in you. And Father, for those who are with us today who are not yet convinced to give their life to you, Father, I pray that today would be a day they would make you their firm foundation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I have a prayer directive that I want to uh, invite you to be a part of. Every week we have a particular way that we pray for those of you who put in prayer requests. And uh, this one is driven, and can you hear me that? This one is driven from one of the uh, readings I had this morning, uh, or not this morning, but this, this week in my uh, prayer time, in my Bible reading. And it was actually Luke chapter 1, and I started to skip it. And I thought, I've read this, and how many times have I read this? And uh, I thought, no, 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 this is part of the reading plan. I'm going to do it. And it says, and an angel said to her, speaking to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will, to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her uh, who, was called, uh, who was formerly called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And this Luke chapter 1 verse 37 was what we found that I found that was so applicable to, for us For nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. And just out of that particular passage, think about this for a moment. A pregnant virgin is impossible. A pregnant virgin isn't possible. A barren woman who's uh, seasoned, I should say, who's old, and she's barren and pregnant, that is not possible And yet it says, but with God, nothing is impossible. And that's what we're praying. That whatever prayer request you put in, that certainly God would meet your needs. But you would not be overcome by what seems to be impossible. That no matter what your impossible is, it is possible with God. So whether you're facing a health issue, a financial issue, a relational issue, a personal struggle, God can make the impossible possible. He wants to be our firm foundation. And I realize the tendency is for us to look at what is impossible and say, how in the world can God do whatever? Because this is not possible. But here's what it is. We're not called to rationalize God. We're called to trust him. So let's pray together. Father, I pray that we would not spend more time looking at what is impossible and would simply put our hope and trust in you, the one who says there is nothing that is impossible with you. And I pray that you would bring freedom, that you would bring relief, that you would bring uh, an amazing amount of peace for those that are struggling this morning. And God, may our hope be in you and in you alone. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you uh, did not uh, participate in our Bible reading plan this last week, it was called Shelter in Place. 
And if you didn't do it, I want to encourage you to go to Bible.com uh, and uh, subscribe to Shelter in Place with Joni Erickson Tata. It is the most disruptive reading that I have done in a long time in a good way. And I hope that you would find it uh, challenging, and I know that God will speak to you through it. So it's called uh, Hide, Shelter in Place with uh, Joni Erickson. It is very disruptive, and you'll appreciate it. So our focal passage that we've been using throughout our entire series on hope has been found in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. This hope is a firm foundation, in other words. It's a strong and trustworthy anchor for our soul. And so here is what we have learned. Hope has a name, and hope's name is Jesus. Not only does the resurrection let us know that, but the resurrection promises us that Jesus is with us, and it even gets better than that. Not only is he with us, for those who choose to make Jesus their firm foundation, it's Jesus in you. So today what I want to talk about is what the resurrection promises us, and if this means this. Is this what the resurrection means? Jesus has a BHAG for you. Now, uh, this is so old school, but it's worth bringing back. A BHAG is a big, hairy, audacious goal. That God has a big, hairy, audacious goal. And if anything is audacious, it is the resurrection. And the fact that Jesus is alive and has huge plans. And that what we're going through now is no surprise to him. And he has huge plans, even in the midst of hard seasons. So uh, find your Bibles. Look at Acts chapter 8. The church is young at this time, very young. It's just getting started. They had an amazing start. Uh, they were having a church service, uh, gathering together, and over 3,000 people chose to make Jesus their firm foundation. Over 3,000. And then it goes on to say, every time they met, God kept adding people to become followers of Jesus Christ. It was an amazing movement, except I want you to know, hardship was still going on around them. There was huge persecution they were not exempt from problems. Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. It refers to Saul, who later on will become a follower of Jesus. Right now he's not. His name is Saul. He turns to Jesus later. Uh, his name is Paul. You'll recognize him. wrote most of our New Testament. This is pre-conversion. Saul was one of the witnesses. He agreed to completely with the killing of Stephen. Here it is. A great wave of persecution began that day sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. This is where the movement of God was. The church is blowing and going, and yet there's this persecution that has come about. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. But Saul was going everywhere trying to destroy the church. Notice where he went. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison because of their commitment to Jesus Christ. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. That ought to st stop you in your tracks right there. Their lives are at stake. They've scattered for good reason. They're being killed. They're being thrown into jail. And so life is very disrupted for them. And yet it says all the believers who were scattered, they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. 
the church was birthed in hardship and just didn't exist in hardship. It thrived in hardship. They were not, they were not exempt from problems. And neither are you and me. I'm not exempt from problems. But they were laser focused in living out God's BHAG. So where do we find God's BHAG? You'll recognize this because we uh, looked at it a couple weeks ago. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Jesus is speaking and he's laying out an amazing, big, hairy, audacious goal. Therefore, as you are going, not one of these days when things calm down, but right where you go, wherever you go, wherever you are scattered, it says, as you are going, point people to Jesus, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then not just point them to Jesus, but help them grow in their relationship with Jesus. Teach them, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So what's the BHAG here? One, embrace your place. Wherever you are in this current season you're in, even if it is not the best of all seasons that, that you've ever been in, embrace your place. Number two, point people to Jesus. Our goal is to be so focused on matters of eternal significance while you are here for us to decide what is really important. What sword are we going to die on? We live on a planet with billions of people who need to know Jesus. And so God has placed you exactly where he has you. And please don't grow tired of hearing me say this. I just want so badly for our church to realize that God knew before the foundation of the earth that this present season you and I are in, he knew where we would be and he knew that the people around us need to know Jesus. And you and I are the best opportunity to embrace our place where he has us and to point people to Jesus around us. That is what matters, letting Jesus be known. Let me quickly remind you that you have a purpose in life. And that purpose in life is to point people to Jesus Christ. And remember, here's the last part of what of Jesus' big, hairy, audacious goal. And he says, I'm with you to the very end of the age. Jesus is with you. A clear mission was given to every follower of Jesus. And it wasn't just for back then, 2,000 years ago. Every follower of Jesus has this very clear mission to embrace your place, point people to Jesus, and realize you're not alone as you do this. The mission of Jesus is a worldwide movement, and it's designed to be embraced by every single follower of Jesus Christ. We are called, I like the way Christine Kane put it. She said, we are called to make his last command our first priority during our time here on earth. That's why the mission of New Cove, and when I say New Cove, I mean everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ, who worships with us and calls New Cove their, their spiritual family, our mission has not changed. In fact, the COVID issue has, is refining it. It is, it is ex, ex, exploding our mission, which is to reach the next generation by pointing them to Jesus and creating environments where people will experience genuine faith, authentic relationships, and meaningful impact. I mean, think about this. 
COVID has not derailed our mission. It has intensified. And this need, think about this, every person more than ever before needs genuine faith. Faith in a firm foundation, not one that changes because our tendency is to put our emphasis on something or someone else, someone else to change or some big event to take place. And we're saying no, genuine faith is in the one who created the universe, the one who was resurrected from the grave, the one who lives with us and in you when you choose to follow him. He is the one who can redeem everything. So we need genuine faith. We need authentic relationships. That has exploded. Can't wait for us all to be back together again. And we're working on that, by the way. But we, we, we look at the people that God has around us right now and realize what is needed is meaningful, relation, authentic relationships and then meaningful impact. And I've got great news about some of the impact that's been going on through the lives of New Covenant I'll share with you. Let me just quickly say something here that I hope you will embrace. New Cubs' mission to reach people who don't know Jesus Christ and to give, create environments where there is genuine faith, authentic relationships, and meaningful impact, that is going to be our driver. And so we are not going to divide over our differing opinions about COVID. As important as those are, I'm not dismissing all the discussion about it. But what I want you to know is we have a higher calling than just to make uh, somebody believe what we believe or disbelieve what they believe. What we want to do is say we're going to offer grace to the people around us so that we can point them to Jesus. And we were going to continue to do this at New Cove. Part, uh, persecution, hardship didn't hinder the church. It furthered the work. In fact, I referred to Saul. Later on, he becomes a follower of Jesus. Listen to the hardship that he was in. And this is found in Philippians 1.12. It says, And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped spread the good news. Circle the word here. Everything that has happened to me here. Guess where he was. He was... He was sheltering in place. He was not able to go out. He's in jail at this time. He'd been jailed because of his commitment to Jesus Christ. And notice what he said. Everything that has happened to me here, good and bad, and in a place where he is not able to get out and move freely, has helped to spread the good news. That is incredible. Back to our Acts 8. Uh, chapter five, chapter eight, verse five passage. Philip, for example, he went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds instant uh, listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of being scattered, God is working. Philip was influenced not by fear, but by the presence of a God stronger than the opposition. I don't know what season you're in of opposition, but when opposition comes, our tendency can be to fear the worst case scenario. But I want us to learn from this passage and learn from this early church 
as they were scattered. And certainly they were afraid. Certainly they were afraid for their lives. That's why they were scattered. But in the process of being scattered, they were influenced not by fear, but by the presence of God stronger than their opposition. So they continued to point people to Jesus. God wants you to see beyond comfort and relief. Again, we pray for comfort. We pray for relief for everyone who brings in a prayer request for the people around. There are things that I'm praying for relief from and comfort from. But God wants us to our prayers to be larger than just finding comfort and relief. He's calling us to a greater, uh, a greater call. He has a BHAG for you and me wherever we go. So we're inviting you to gear up and to pray and say, God, would you do amazing things because nothing is impossible with you. Because it is impossible for a virgin to be pregnant. It's impossible for a barren older woman to be pregnant, but not not when God is part of the story. And God wants to do an amazing thing in and through us right where we are, not one of these days, but in this very day. Not a a very easy message to hear, but it's inspiring and applicable today. And so I want to somewhat start landing the plane. I want to circle the runway for just a moment. But I want to take some some passages that we've looked at. I want to add one one new one and then draw some uh, concluding uh, principles. This found, is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You may want to jot this one down uh, because it, you'll want to wrestle with this one. But this uh, has great uh, teaching about what to do in the midst of crisis, in the midst of a situation that you do, don't want to be in. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God of our merciful Father. Here it is. And the source of all comfort, he's our firm foundation. Notice this. He comforts us in our troubles so that. He comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we're going to be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for, the, for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighted down with troubles, it's for your comfort, for your salvation. Wow, that's, you talk about a bigger picture than just finding relief. In verse 6, even when we are weighed down with troubles, Paul is saying God can redeem that for something bigger than just bringing relief to us. Again, nothing wrong with relief, but something bigger, a bigger calling. It's for your comfort and for your salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we can certainly comfort you. We can give what we have received. Then you can patiently endure the same things that we suffer. They're not out of the woods yet. We're confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. That's incredible news about what God can do in the midst of a harsh, hard season. And this won't be the last one that we encounter. And so it's not just, can I get through this? But what does God want to do through this? What does he want to, what's he revealing to me in the midst of all this? Okay, given that, let me 
remind you of a couple verses and then in close with some observations. Matthew 28, 20, Jesus says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We read chapter 8 of Acts, verse 4, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus. Here it is, wherever they went. Philippians 1.12, Paul said, and I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, everything that has happened to me here has helped spread the good news. So what do we learn from the early church? In the midst of persecution, in the midst of hard times, what do we learn? First learning principle, God's purpose for our lives is for us to fit into his larger plans. God's BHAG is for us to fit into his larger plans. I want to remind you of an illustration that I've used in the past, but it fits so well. Here's our tendency. We tend to see life from our viewpoint. And again, that's pretty typical, but we tend to see life from our viewpoint. And then what we do is we can tend to run to Jesus and say, Yes, I need Jesus, and so I'm going to give my life to Jesus. But what I'd like, I'd like for Jesus to come into my life. And so, Jesus, now I want you to work in my life. A good prayer. It's not a bad prayer. But in this case, you're missing God's BHAG for you. You're limiting God by only what is going on in you presently. Instead, I want to challenge you to do something else. I want you to decide that Jesus' BHAG is bigger than you and God's plan for you is bigger than you and that you would ask Jesus to envelop you and that you would fall into his bigger plan. This is what God's BHAG is for us, is that we would say, God, in this scenario, I want to put my life into yours. I want to know that I'm living for something bigger than just relief. That's what I'm looking for. God, would you be larger in my life than ever before? May I fit into your plans of what you want for me and not vice versa. God's purpose for our lives is for us to fit into his larger plan. Number two, God goes the distance with us. You'll never be alone. You will never be alone. He goes the distance with you. And lo, I am with you always. And third and last, God redeems what he allows. God redeems what he allows to happen. When you choose to live your life saying, I want my life to fit into God's plan, God can redeem whatever may come your way. God redeems. So think about this. God's job is to redeem whatever happens. So those of you who've missed out on amazing graduation plans and parties, God wants to redeem that, and he can redeem that. And that you would slide your life into God's plan and say, God, I don't like what's going on, but would you redeem it? Would you use it in a way bigger than ever what I would ever think would happen before? I've got three weddings that I've worked with for this summer. One of them has been postponed. The other two are still trying to figure out what to do. And I, and I so hate that, especially in this case for these brides. 
And yet, what I want to say is not that your wedding is not a big deal. It's a huge deal, but it is a season that we've never entered into before that you've entered into. And so that you would say, God, would, would you take my wedding and all the plans and let me slide that into your plans. Would you redeem what disappointment I have? Would you redeem it for something bigger? God, would you revive me again? Would you take this situation, whatever is your hardship, whatever is your disappointment, and allow God to envelop you and to redeem that? I want to close with this, and uh, you'll wrestle with this in the discussions that you have uh, this week in our discussion notes. Isaiah fifty three nineteen. See, I'm doing a new thing, not a new and improved but I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This may seem like a time of wilderness. It may seem like a wasteland. But God says, I have a purpose for you that's far bigger than your current situation. And I'm going to go the distance with you and I'm going to redeem whatever uh, I've allowed. Here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to take your phone, and I'd like for you to text this number, 402-260-2400. I'll give you just a moment uh, to text that, 260-2400. And I want to ask you to respond to today's message. Maybe you'd like to talk with someone about following Jesus. We'd love to have contact with you and to make a call and just to set up a time for us to visit with you and talk about whatever is going on between you and your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've decided today's the day you want to become a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you just want prayer with, uh, with someone from our prayer team. We'd be honored to do that. Maybe you've realized you are missing uh, some authentic relationships, and so you want to engage in some, some groups. We would love to connect you. There's a place on further for you to respond to today's message. And so maybe you just want to jot down, here's what I feel like God is speaking to me about this week. I want to fit into God's plan. I've not been doing that. I've been trying to force him into mine, and I want to fit my life into his. There are prayer requests, a place for you to put that. And as I shared, uh, we're going to uh, pray Luke one thirty seven over your prayer request that comes in for nothing will be impossible with God we'd be honored to pray for that I, I want to challenge you before we, we close here in just a moment I want to challenge you to have some discussion and that when we get through that you don't break up and leave but that you have discussion with whoever uh, is in the room with you right now and have these discussions. There are more discussions available uh, that we have there. But before you leave, here are a couple of those that I would like for you to discuss. Number one, how well are you currently embracing God's BHAG for you? Are you embracing your place? Are you pointing people to Jesus? Are you remembering that Jesus is with you? How well are you currently embracing God's BHAG for you? Second question, are you currently asking God to fit into your plans? Or are you asking to fit into God's plan? That is a major discussion of saying, am I picking and choosing where I 
want to follow Jesus. That one may take most of the day and the week, if you're honest. And then uh, you can close by talking about what excites you, encourages you about that following verse of Isaiah 43, 19, that I'm doing a new thing. There are more points to discuss. There is a Bible reading plan uh, that we are suggesting for this week. And it's called There Is More by uh, Brian Houston. And it's about your calling. And you'll find it uh, very encouraging as you talk about God's calling on your life. What's, what's God's BHAG for you? Let me pray for us. I have just a couple of things I want to remind you about after we pray. And uh, then I'll let you uh, alone to have some discussion. Father, may our hope be in you and in you alone. Father, may I pray that we would all open our lives to you. And Father, most of all, I pray that we would fit into your plans, that we would allow whatever season we're in, that we would allow your big, hairy, audacious goal to be what is our primary source, our primary driver, that we would allow our lives to fit into your plans. Father, may people see Jesus in us beginning inside our homes and when we leave the home, God, may people see Jesus outside us. As we Zoom with people, God, may people experience the presence of Jesus. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I just wanted to give you a couple announcements and updates on some things that are going on. Hopefully you saw this on Friday, but some amazing ways that God is using uh, the family here at New Cov, ways that I'm aware, and I know there's more going on. But first of all, to date, we've distributed 1,358 masks uh, to health workers. And so we've had some seamstresses that have just been working around the clock. And so they have those uh, distributed, and we've saved some for when we meet all together here shortly. Uh, we save some for those that may need that when they arrive at our church. We've also uh, finished 100 face shields that have been distributed, and so grateful for that. We've come alongside several people who have been struggling financially, uh, and we've been able to help them. And so, again, when they call and say, yes, because New Cov cares and gives, we have such a generous church when, it, when it, we've been able to come alongside. I received an amazing letter from the Bryan Healthcare uh, hospital thanking the New Cuff family for providing treats for healthcare workers. I don't know if you realize that, but we had people who've been delivering snacks to healthcare workers. And so, again, just the practical ways to share the love of Jesus in a very practical way. We've distributed all the gift cards. We may go another round for about that. Uh, we purchased those from local restaurants to just invest in them, but then for you to invest in those around you. And we're seeing uh, our our signs uh, showing up all over town. Uh, let us know if you still need one. And then we've continued to try to make contact with as many people, new coveys as possible, checking in to see how you're doing and to get prayer requests and pass that on. Uh, we can't wait for us all to come together, but we're not waiting to let God work through us until then. Uh, so as we shared, when are we meeting? We're still working on that. Uh, we are working uh, very hard to open the doors at New Cove. A couple things. We're waiting for the COVID numbers to improve. We want to be very careful and guarded and make sure that we create the best environment. We're rearranging this, uh, our uh, seating uh, capacity so that we have the proper distancing. Uh, we are put, beginning to train teams uh, for what it is to have a, a 
touchless environment so you come in and go without any uh, issues. Uh, We've ordered new uh, media equipment that will help us to be able to do both online and live service. That should be in a couple things on uh, back order, but that'll come in and we'll install and mount those so that we don't have cameras on ladders as they presently are. And so we want to make the best environment possible. We will keep you in the loop. We're going to continue uh, to pursue God and to share Jesus. So may Jesus be with you this week and may you celebrate his presence. Have a great week.